The Demons Within is proudly supported by Black Ruse Entertainment. This podcast contains explicit language and deals with confronting issues of mental health that may be triggering for some listeners. If you are having any problems, please contact Lifeline on 13 11 14. Is heavy metal actually helpful for our emotions? What role does being physical have in exercising anger? And what is it like to reach out after attempting suicide? We deal with this and more on today's podcast, The Demons Within. Well, thank you for joining us again, guys. I have Russ with me today. He's going to talk about his taste in heavy metal music and how it's affected mental health for him. How are you going? Yeah, I'm, I'm fantastic. Yourself? Oh, very good to hear. Yes, very, very good. Thank you. So um, I, I'll start with a question I ask sort of all the people that come onto the podcast. When, when was the first time you sort of found yourself getting into heavy metal? I think it was sort of early early high school. I think a friend introduced me to, I think System of a Down actually was the first, the first sort of like heavy band I got into. Yeah, and it sort of progressed from there. Yeah, okay. So you started out with sort of that new metal sort of thing and then went into more sort of deathcore sort of things, do you think? Like, is deathcore more your, your centre, do you think? I mean, I've, I've never been able to scream, but I do like listening to it. Yeah, okay. I don't know sort of what genre, but, like, I used to, I used to really get into, like, uh, you know, Bring Me the Horizon and sort of Bullet for My Valentine and oh, yeah. sort of things similar to those. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that, that kind of, um, there's a little bit of emotion behind it, like a, a little bit of melancholy, a little bit of sadness behind it at the same time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So is that because you identified with that emotion much? Um, I mean, internally, I think I think I did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like I've I've sort of always had trouble talking about feelings and that, but it's sort of like there was feeling when I listened to that music. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Absolutely. So what led you to play music? Like, what led you to get into a band and do that sort of thing? That was when when I got into a band. That was actually really just convenience. Um, it was I think it was three or four days after I actually moved here from North Queensland. Um, I went to school with one of the guys in the band that I joined um, and they just so happened to be looking at a bassist, uh, looking for a bassist, sorry. Um, and I just happened to have a bass. So I was like, hey, why not? Yeah, okay. So it wasn't really something that was, you know, on your on your radar to sort of do it. I mean, I'd, I'd been in a band before, but it, it never really went anywhere. Yeah, okay. Um, like we had we had one gig and half the band didn't even show up. So what does that tell you? <laughs> <laughs> it's insane. Are you serious? Yeah, it was only it was only like a friend's birthday party, so it was nothing you know really important. But yeah, yeah. The, the half of the band that did show up, we still tried to play a set. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that that would be pretty horrible. The music that you've sort of been involved in, though, you know, I listen to it a little bit, and I, I get, I get a really powerful emotion from it. Like it's quite strong. Do you connect with the music in that fashion, or is it just a matter of convenience? You're just sort of playing in a band. Um, I mean, when I when I joined them, it was it was just a convenience. Yep. Um, but sort of once I got to know the guys and and the music that they they'd sort of written and and let me into, um, I, yeah, I sort of I did feel all the connections with it. So, but you've had your own battles with mental health before, haven't you? I have, yeah. Yeah. Do, do you want to elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, sure. So, pretty much, I mean, as long as I can remember, like there was even even one time back in primary school where I, I like very specifically remember it, oh, probably grade four or five, maybe. That's young. Oh, yeah. And I, I can't even remember what it was about, but I just remember that there was a, 
like a rotunda, like a sort of a, a little covered seating area at the front of the school. And I'm not sure, not even sure where I found it, but it was it was either like a, a really big shoelace or a, a bit of small rope or something. And I remember tying it up on the roof. And it was obviously was I didn't know what I was doing. It was long enough that I could I had it had it around my neck and I was still just sitting down. But I just I remember one of the one of the teachers came over and saw me and they were like, "What are you doing?" Which is you know the reaction you'd expect. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I think maybe someone was picking on me and I just had enough or something. I can't I can't really remember, but. I very, yeah, very, very much remember the actual, what, what happened. Yeah, right. I mean, you would have been nine years old? Yeah, it would have been something like that. Yeah, very, very young. Wow, that's a, that's a huge response. Do you think it was a, a case of not being able to process what, what was happening around you or not, sort of not seeing any other option? I think, yeah, it was just sort of like a, it might have been a call for help or, or something. I don't know. But... Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, it was definitely not the right thing to do in that situation. Do you feel like the call was answered? Um, I mean, there was, there was a, like a class meeting that was had with, with I think it was the entire year level. Yeah. And I think it was, it was sort of, you know, focused towards bullying and, and all that sort of stuff. But I don't, yeah, I don't remember specifics. Yeah, well, that's going to be a bit hard too when you're that young. Had, how far down did you get that road of sort of depression and darkness from there? That's sort of, I think from there it mellowed off a bit. Yeah, but there was there was one time uh, in in a month it'll be five years I think actually since I I did it again but succeeded. What was happening in your world at that time? I remember it was one day I got home from the gym. I'd just finished doing back. Yeah, I don't know how sort of specific I should be, but I I got home and a girl that I was sort of seeing but not really like we hadn't made it like exclusive or anything. Yeah, okay. Because like at at that point I sort of. I didn't. I didn't really want a relationship, but I kind of did. If you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. weren't sure exactly what you wanted out of it, but you you sort of knew there was something there. Yeah. So she, I think she'd actually moved in, and I got back from the gym that day, and I walked in, and she was on the couch asleep, cuddling some other guy, and I just, I kind of flipped my shit, like nice and nice and calm. I said, "Mate, I think it's time to leave." So I think at this at this point, I was already kind of struggling. To, to sort of stay sane a little bit because I'd already had a rope downstairs underneath my house already tied into a noose. But when, when I tied it, I had no intention of actually using it until, yeah, this day. So when, when they left, she came back to the door because she forgot her smokes. So the front door was locked. So I grabbed them and I went out the back door, shut the door behind me, went downstairs, grabbed the rope, walked around the front of the house where she was gave her a smokes and she saw the rope and goes, oh, good luck with whatever you're doing with that. My last words would have been, I don't need luck. I've already tied the noose. And she kind of looked at me and I turned around and walked off down to my carport, which was down the, like, the bottom of my driveway. And I slipped the noose around my neck, stood up on a, like a metal trolley thing that I just happened to have in there, tied it to the roof and just looked straight at her and just stepped off the trolley. And honestly, like would have been maybe 10 seconds and I think I was unconscious. I don't, I don't really remember from there on. I can I can hear even in the way you're talking about it, it's something that's really difficult for you and really difficult to talk about. Um, but it was such a, it just seems like such a raw and definite decision that you'd made. Yeah, but at at that point, like I think it was it was more like a out of anger, like a screw you sort of thing. I really feel what you're talking about here. Like this is this is really heavy stuff. Um, si- since then, have you? approached uh, therapies and and these sorts of things in in the last five years i haven't 
really done anything in the way of therapy. But about mm, two, maybe three months ago, I actually went and saw a doctor. Yeah. And I said, I need, I need help. You're breaking your pattern. That's fantastic. Yeah. So I'm just waiting to hear back from the, the therapist. I think at the moment they're trying to find who in their company would sort of be a best match to work with me. Yeah. Yeah. But I hear a lot of people who start down the road of psychology, they find a person they just don't gel with and then think psychology is not the answer. Uh, and I would say that's not the case. It could mean that you just haven't found the right psychologist yet. Yeah. By the same token, though, you, you have reached out a little bit like on social media and that. I mean, that's, that's where I learnt your story. What led you to go, well, social media is more of a safe space for you? Sort of. It was all people I knew and I'm friends with. Like, yeah. I just, yeah. I find, it, I find it hard to talk to strangers, I think. Oh, I see. Did you find that the messages of support help? Um, I mean, they definitely, definitely gave me a warm feeling at the time. I think it was, it was six or seven days after the event, I actually I made the post about it um, on social media. So by then I'd sort of had a bit of time to, to sort of sit and, and think about it. And yeah, like even there was maybe seven or eight people who were like friends of friends who even messaged me to sort of, you know, see how I was going and, and say that the, the post sort of hit them, like, you know, like uh, hit home with them. And yeah, they know people sort of going through it as well. So. And hence why I'm doing this though, too. I'm trying to illuminate that this is something that isn't spoken about much. And it seems that there is a connection between heavy metal and depression. And I'm not saying that one causes the other. What I'm saying is someone who is depressed can be drawn towards heavy metal. Absolutely. It's it's the style of music. It's sometimes it's angry, sometimes it's sad, but there's there's lots of like sort of emotion in it. Yeah. Well t tell me a little bit about that. When you do listen to heavy metal, do you say um, I'm feeling angry, I'm going to listen to metal, or do you say I'm going to listen to metal cuz it's cool and then get angry about it? Sort of depending on on what I'm doing. Like if for instance if I'm if I'm trying to train, I'll put on like you know, a bit of lamb of gold or something. To sort of you know amp me up a little bit, get me get me motivated. Or if I'm sort of feeling a bit down, like I might even sometimes I swing back to uh, like a few really old Bullet for My Valentine songs. I can see a lot of people connecting with that, which is probably why they did so well around that time. So in the things that you're talking about, music has played a role in some of the most pivotal parts of your life. You sort of have a connection with that there. I can see. But I want to ask you, like, do you think music is a positive influence or a negative influence? Uh, I think mostly positive, but at times it can. Like I've I've noticed lately, there's been times where I've just put it on shuffle, and I've been in an okay mood, and then like one song will come on and just break me. Yeah. Okay. Like there's, I think there's two or three songs that like doesn't matter where I am if I listen to them, they actually like bring a tear to my eye. It's it's ridiculous the the power they have over me. But I think too, we can't underestimate that music brings out what was already there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's not the song itself that's making me sad. It's the the thoughts that come along with it. Yeah, yeah. What do you do on a daily basis to try to keep yourself somewhat level and and feeling like you can rest and enjoy life? I mean, I spend I spend a lot of time at work. Um and I've started just walking around all day with my headphones in with just something something playing in my ear to sort of keep my brain busy. Yeah, okay. So I know that you, you work out a lot as well. Do you, do you find that that is good for sort of keeping you somewhat level? Oh, definitely. Like 
if if I don't get to train, I just I feel like I'm angry, but with no sort of direction, like no reason to be angry. I'm just honestly like there's there's not a lot of days where I don't want to hurt myself, but when I train, it's it's a good kind of pain, and I'd I'd much rather do that than you know cut myself again or yeah or let it you know sort of escalate from there. I can completely understand that. And again, I, I sort of empathize with it. I mean, not that I've ever been much of a gym junkie or anything like that, um, but it, it's probably the physical part of screaming that leads me towards that sort of part. And I know that if I'm not, you know, doing vocals and recording and covers and all those sorts of things that, yeah, I can fall into the trap of anger as well. Yeah, I'd, I'd imagine that would definitely help. Like, I can't do it to save my life, but... You know, I still give it a red hot go. Yeah, well, I mean, sometimes whether it sounds good or not, it is is, a, is irrelevant. Yeah, I mean, I'm usually in a car by myself, so it doesn't you know, it doesn't really affect me. <laughs> yeah, so it doesn't matter. Absolutely. Can I ask though, what what sort of advice would you give to a person who might be looking at listening to he- heavy metal in order to exercise some of their emotions? Like, what would you tell them? No, metal is is definitely great. Like, honestly, it's it's got me through a lot of a lot of sort of hard times. You know, just being able to put it on, have it have it as loud as you want, and just really get into it. It just sort of takes your minds off everything. Takes your mind off everything. Sorry. Over over the years, I've had a lot of people sort of try and urge me to to you know go and see someone about it. Yeah. But I've always just kind of made my made an excuse to myself, saying, "Oh no, I'm too busy. You know, I don't have time. Don't have time for mental health. You know, all that." And I've always just bottled it up. And I think I hear that when you say things like. I put my music on to keep myself distracted. I work out to exercise anger because then that sort of, you know, just places the the anger somewhere. It, it does sound like to me that you're trying to bury it rather than address it. Yeah, I guess that's just sort of, that's just how I've always been. Yeah. That and I'm also really stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> Look, sometimes that could be a great, great asset. Yeah. Again, though, I mean, people are going to tell you to go get help and all that. At the end of the day, you have to be comfortable with it. You have to be in a place that you're ready to listen to it, you know? Like, it can't be someone pushing you into it. And I think you you started that step by talking to the doctor. Yeah. So, yeah, recently I hadn't I hadn't really sort of put too much thought into it. And then I just, yeah, I hadn't had enough. And then I went and saw him and here we are. I think that's a fantastic step. What would you say to people who were in your position before you saw the doctor? Like, can you talk me through the experience of going to the doctor and sort of saying, look, I'm struggling? And um, I mean, I definitely definitely wish that I went and did it earlier. Yeah, okay. Um, no, no sort of ifs, ands, or buts about that. But I remember even like when I went and saw the doctor about it the first time, I was sitting there sort of trying to explain my situation and like I'd, I had tears in my eyes. That's so hard, like particularly for someone like you. I mean, you, you already said you, you don't like to talk to strangers and here you are, you know, someone you barely know trying to just say, help me. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a hard step. But as I said, I wish I had done it a lot sooner. Yeah, absolutely. And this is one of those more powerful stories that can change people's lives. And I, and I thank you so sincerely for having the courage to get up and say, you know, this is my story, this is what happened, and this is what I'm struggling with. Because I think if we're ever going to get to a stage where particularly men in, you know, these sort of heavy metal buckets and these spaces can start to approach their mental health in a positive way, 
then yeah, it's it's going to be talking about it in in its rawest fashion, and I think that's what you've done today. Honestly, like if if my story can help other people, then then I'll be happy. Like if even if it stops one person doing what I did, then that's in in my books that's a win. Absolutely, I, I completely agree. Thank you so much for having the courage for sharing your story today, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, no worries. Thanks for inviting me. Pleasure. If this podcast has been triggering for you in any way, please seek help by calling Lifeline on 13 11 14.